Tamworth Country Music 50 50 50 special episodes over 50 weeks leading up to the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival and Golden Guitar Awards in January 2022. Looking back at how it all began, what makes Tamworth Country Music tick? And looking forward to the next 50 years. Welcome to episode 34. In this episode, we're speaking again with country music historian Max Ellis about country music media over the years. Apart from radio stations, which would have been playing country music, or country and western as it was then known, from the late 1920s or early 1930s, including Country Music Capital's own 2TM, a number of specialised outlets began to develop in the early 1970s, around the time the Country Music Capital promotion was kicking into gear. Yeah, of course, a hoedown was already going by then, in the mid-60s. So hoedown had established an audience for country music. It had certainly laid the foundations for the decision that was made in 1969 by 2DM executives to call Tamworth country music capital. In 1971, Eric Scott, with the help of a couple of local business people, Tony Moroni and Peter Pulley, and Eric and Hilary Scott published the first edition of Country Music Express, which was a small tabloid newspaper. They ran for 11 issues before they packed it in, simply because I think they didn't have time to do it. And in those days, it was a little unusual to do something like that. But anyway, it worked well and it got things started. And of course, once 2DM got involved in the festival in 1973, or in the awards and subsequently in the festival over the next few years, they developed their own country music newspaper called Capital News. It started off really as a program which um, we distributed fairly widely in those early days and then later on it developed into its own, first of all, a little publication with a picture of John Minson doing an ad for Wrangler Shirts I'm not going to the awards unless I've got my Wrangler shirt. And that developed uh, over the years into a full-size tabloid newspaper, a monthly newspaper, and it's gone on until these days. It's a full-colour monthly magazine format circulating all over Australia. It certainly has become the bible of country music in Australia. At the same time as we were doing Capital News, other things were happening. Uh, In the early 70s, uh, Eric Scott had a program on the ABC, which was syndicated through many ABC stations and also through Radio Australia, also called Country Music Express. At that time, John Elliott was very active with Australasian Post, which was a very popular magazine, and every month... He wrote a feature for that and suddenly in the early 70s and later on through the mid-70s, a publication published in Melbourne really flourished and it was called Across Country. It was put together by Jazza Smith and Christine White. It was a full-colour magazine, lots of stories, 
Jazza interviewed Tex Morton while coming up to Tamworth and spent the whole day doing a long interview, I remember, on one occasion. It was uh, around for a long time until, in the end, the magazine folded for some reason or another and Jazza actually moved to Tamworth and became involved in publishing Capital News and turning it into a monthly magazine uh, or a monthly newspaper. Total Country was another publication that came out and in Queensland Country Update was a very popular magazine to some degree I think based on the Gympie muster. Later on of course the Country Music Bulletin was published by Cliff and D. Giles. It had lots of information and was much sought after by fans. Max, there were some fairly significant dedicated radio programs in the mix as well. TTM started some country music radio programs that carried our message all over the place. One of the early ones was a Big T Jubilee, which uh, Eric Scott was involved with. And later on, we produced the National Country Music Jamboree, which had originated through Ray Rumble and uh, Mike Lynch in Brisbane, through the MCMA, the Modern Country Music Association and we took over the the running of that program and that was put together for many years by Phil Corbett who uh, voiced it and put it all together. Later on of course that National Country Music Jamboree name was adopted by Nick Irby and produced by Nick as a national syndicated country music program which did extremely well and spread the word very widely And there are many people who still remember the Country Music Jamboree. It was a weekly program, depending on the station as to when it went to air. But many went to air over the weekend. It was a lot of people's weekly dose of country music. Later on, of course, country music developed in various ways. Capital Country Radio started in Tamworth and Kicks FM also started. And Max, there's been a lot of involvement over the years of broadcasters coming into Tamworth, especially for the January Festival. Absolutely, and many of those are public broadcasters on public broadcasting stations rather than commercial ones. There are too many of those people to mention. They're all on the Broadcasters Hall of Fame, I think, or many of them are in Tamworth. Many of them are coming and going all the time. As someone retires, someone else will appear and pick it up and take it forward. And of course Ray Hatley from uh, 2GB also does a program, a syndicated country music program. So it's going from the very top broadcasters right through the whole gamut of broadcasting in Australia. So we do have a very strong foundation that we've built our whole edifice on. And you wonder if the first awards hadn't happened all those years ago How much of that would be happening today? Well, in my opinion, very little of it would be happening. The group of people at Tamworth have driven country music, not just in Tamworth, but throughout the whole of the nation. And without that drive and that influence, I think country music would just be a shadow of what it is today. It's a very significant music genre in Australia. It's been uh, increasing quite significantly over the last 10 years with more festivals and bigger festivals and so on except for the last couple of years of course with COVID. I think 
most of that would not have happened had 2TM not picked up country music in the early years and really given it a, a framework to build in and also, if you like, a, an ethic to work on. After all, we set the awards up. The awards were the, were the pinnacle of, of country music in Australia. Fortunately, the industry accepted and became heavily involved in that. And, yeah, I do think that uh, 2DM has a huge responsibility from the point of view of originating country music's growth in Australia. Thank you, Max. Ground preparations have begun for the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival with the city's famous big golden guitar set for a facelift in preparation. To tell us more, here is the Country Music Bulletin's Leanne Kirshner. The nationally recognised iconic big golden guitar tourist attraction will be closed to the public briefly during mid-October in order for Tamworth Regional Council to undertake required maintenance. Council's Kate Baker says the big golden guitar is definitely in need of some TLC. Given the extremes of temperatures we experience in this region, the guitar is faded and weathered and in need of a makeover, she said. As part of the facelift, council and contractors will undertake the huge task of thoroughly cleaning the guitar before carrying out minor repairs and respraying in a long-lasting bright gold paint. While COVID-19 restrictions are preventing many people from travelling at the moment, we've also timed the maintenance outside of the October school holiday period to ensure minimal disruption to the public, Kate said. The facelift will be completed well in time for the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival in January. The Big Golden Guitar was officially opened by Slim Dusty in January 1988, Australia's bicentennial year, and has become one of the most famous, most visited and most photographed big things in Australia. As overall coordinators of the annual January Country Music Festival, Tamworth Regional Council is keen to put the city's best foot forward for the 50th celebrations. And Leanne, I believe there have been more major star concert and special event announcements. Yes, indeed. Among the latest, Brad Cox and Busby Maru at the Trek on Wednesday, January 19. Ashley Dallas in concert in the Town Hall, also on the 19th. Zara Stora and James Blundell in the Town Hall on the 20th. A Bluegrass Comes to Tamworth showcase in the Capitol Theatre on the 21st. And well-known local Camilleroy man, Len Waters, is staging Series 2 of his cultural spectacular in the Capitol Theatre on Sunday, January 16. This will cover stories of the universe, told by Len, and the stories of the stars, complemented by talented Aboriginal musicians, dancers, bands and feature artists. With full stage production, including big screen images, sound, lighting and music, bringing the stories of culture onto the stage. Then we'll be joined in the cultural spectacular by artists and musicians, including Mark Atkins, Buddy Knox, Lauren Ryan and Noah Overs, as they present a new understanding and admiration of the richness of Aboriginal culture. Details on these and many more events and activities can be obtained from entertainmentvenues.com.au where tickets can also be purchased. Thank you, Leanne. 
To close this episode of Tamworth Country Music 5050, let's hear from one of the many star acts performing at the 50th Festival, Busby Maru, with their hit song, Days of Gold. Count your blessing, one, two, three. Don't save them for tomorrow. There's something out there you will see. Chase it down, don't let it go Country Music 5050 is produced by the Country Music Bulletin with the support of Tamworth Regional Council. In addition to the broadcast on Capital Country Radio, the program is uploaded as a podcast. You can find a link to the podcast series and more information about country music in Australia by visiting countrymusicbulletin.com.au.